Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steve. How's it going, Steve? Not too bad. How are you doing? Good. In the last five minutes. <laughs> That's the recurring gag. Cause yeah, we, right? we we consistently are, um, you know, uh, basically we record two episodes back to back. So yes, you know, if it's, uh, it's uh, we make jokes of this, uh, yeah, nothing much has changed in the last hour, thirty-ish minutes. Like <laughs> Unless something drastically happened in the last episode. Whereas, like, I discovered, like, a kidney stone or, like, like something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then it would be like, oh, well, yeah, shit's bad right now, man. <laughs> but I'm still podcasting for some reason. <laughs> You'll still be, like, podcasting, you, like, remove the kidney stone. You're like, yeah. yeah. That's my dedication to Tremble. It's like, oh, Biden's out, Trump wins by default. Okay, well, I'm out. I'm, yeah. yeah. That, that's the only reason that I'm like, oh, well, I better get into my bunker because all the fucking tinfoil hat wearing mega pieces of shit have now taken over the world. Yeah. Ooh, that's a horror movie in itself. Oh, 100%. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about a, an immortal classic, I guess you could say, Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead, a movie that I didn't even realize it was the, the same movie uh, until I was actually watching it. Because I've never seen this movie before. so Which blows my mind. Like, it literally blows my mind. Uh, Romero has been a blind spot for me for a number of years. I've known of this movie uh, and, like, a lot of the twists in it. So I think that was also part of why I never watched it. Like, I felt like I already had seen the movie through various, like, articles and videos that spoiled it. But right. um, what uh, was funny was as I was watching it, like, I was like, okay, this is going to be a zombie movie. Cool. And then it got to the point where they get to the mall. I'm like, oh, it's the one that takes place in the mall. Okay. So. Um, I think that's fa- it's fascinating. Honestly, it's fascinating. Uh, because, uh, I mean, there's so much that comes after this. I mean, like, yeah, like, like Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead is such a landmark film. Uh, and then this one comes along and, and brings even more social commentary and like consumerism and all that kind of crap into it. Uh, and then Day of the Dead is largely regarded a, as another absolute classic as well uh, that delves into new tropes. But then there's a huge gap, uh, like more than it, I think it's like 16 years, 15 years before Land of the Dead comes out. And Land of the Dead gets massively panned. Like, it's a movie that not a lot of people like. I saw it on opening day, and I still love that movie. Uh, Maybe it's my dedication to to George Romero, but there's just something deeply satisfying about a lot of the stuff in Land of the Dead. Uh, And of course, I'm kind of speaking to to the like i don't know what you're talking about right now because you haven't gotten this far yet no so i'm really interested to see what you make of day of the dead and then what you make of land of the dead because i feel like 
this is like a tipping point for you now and you're like kind of like I feel like you kind of want to continue on it. I do. I do. Yeah. Because um, for me, my my favorite zombie movie of all time is The Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was my favorite. I think it's because it's, it's got a lot of humor. You've got like the punk rock aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, and it's a movie that like literally feels like everyone was doing cocaine when they made it because it's just. Oh, it's for so sure. Amazing. And it's the and it's the alien guys, is Dan O'Bannon and stuff like that that made that one. And it's like, yeah, they must have been living on that high of like, we made fucking alien, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> like let's do let's do zombies. Like, what the fuck? I don't even care, man. Let's just do it. Apparently, Dan let's make. <laughs> Apparently, Dan O'Bannon was like just a crazy ass person. Like, people people were saying they were going in for like like options for that like. He had like a loaded gun on his table and shit like that. Like it was just like like pure psychopath. I I would be totally down with that biopic if they, you know, what I mean, like a disaster artist style like movie. Yeah. Like like the Dan O'Bannon story. I like I obviously now you'd have to deal with his estate and everything, uh, and I, I I don't know how free they would be in telling that full story no. uh, because at this point it's almost just like a rumor and hearsay type thing. But like, I I, th- I think that would be a fascinating one to do. Um, so hey, our our sponsor is Shutter. Maybe Shutter can get something going because that'd be a fucking cool one. I think. Yeah. I just remember he did a segment for Heavy Metal, a movie mm-hmm. that's often underrated. But I love oh, underrated. massively, so good. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're not talking about Dan O'Bannon or any of that stuff. I would, maybe I wish we were. No, I'm kidding. This is this is a great movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the official summary of Dawn of the Dead. As hordes of zombies swarm over the U.S., the terrified populace tries everything in their power to escape the attack of the undead. But neither cities nor the countryside prove safe in Pennsylvania. Radio station employee Stephen and his girlfriend Francine, or Francine escape in the station helicopter accompanied by two renegade SWAT members, Roger and Pete. The group retreats to, to the haven of an enclosed center to what could be humanity's last stand. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It, I, this movie is interesting in that, like, yeah, I, I you know, the, the actual mall part of it probably gets introduced, like, around 30-ish minutes into the movie. Yeah. Oh, there. I mean, they had the great, really great helicopter stuff leading up to that. Uh, especially if we're following our, our lead characters, which has the really great helicopter head chop scene with the zombie with the head that's just way, way too mal-shaped to be real. Uh, <laughs> which is such a great and classic sequence, but... Um, yeah. I, I mean, but, I mean, this movie is fucking bold. I, it is. It is. It is definitely Romero's boldest to that point, because um, mm-hmm. I mean, the the police kicking the door in and the black tenement throughout the like the uh, that entire like slum building that they're going through in the beginning is fucking fascinating, mm-hmm. because it is kind of like a, it, it is like massively a a commentary on, on racism as well, right? Like that whole sequence. Yeah, 100%. Which, which blows me away. Uh, and it's still so brutally relevant watching it in 2020. Unfortunately. 
Yeah. <laughs> you think we'd do Cause... better, but. Well, because nothing's changed in that sense. Like, it's no, still, no. And, and almost, and it's really messed up in the, the Black Lives Matter stuff and, and police brutality and everything of how easily all these cops are just able to go in and shoot every, ba- every black person that comes across infected or not. Yeah. No, 100%. Even, um, thinking of, I think it's Night of the Living Dead. That's the black and white one, right? Yep, yep. Like, the ending of that movie, which is so sad, where it's like, oh, you made it out, but no. We're just going to shoot him anyway. Yeah. Just, just yeah. Um, anyways, uh, why we chose it. I, I'm pretty sure Taylor chose this one, and, I mean, it's hard not to see why. I mean, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe not one I've seen. Before, <laughs> well, this is a rectifying show, though. Like, you, this is like course correction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, it is. Uh, you know, there's, we cover a horror movie a week. There's going to be a few cases where, yeah, I come across movies I've just never seen before. But uh, it, it's not to say that I I think the movie was bad or I was avoiding it. It's just I think I was saying this before before we were, but like I just knew so much about the movie that like i knew about the helicopter flying off and them not quite having enough fuel i knew about a lot of the kills and a lot of stuff so it just seemed like i knew enough about this movie that i didn't need to watch it but watching it i was like no like that's not the case like i missed out on a lot of stuff just not seeing this movie so Mm um yeah uh first time we watched it well well my first time was yeah watching for this uh what about you steve what was the first time oh this way back vhs uh the ant that had a whole bunch of movies uh this was like a it was a, a weirdly colored movie and it always kind of caught my eye on, on her shelf of vhs's so i ended up, i i watched it and became so obsessed with this movie mm-hmm. uh like i i, I am was and always will be a Romero head. Uh, I just, I, I just, I, I love his film style making. Like he's up there with Carpenter. They kind of like share, share a spot. Uh, and I mean, even so, like when they released that Ultimate Edition on DVD, which is like three different cuts of the movie and a huge documentary and everything, I bought it day of. Uh, it was expensive. It was expensive. I didn't have a lot of money at the time because I, you know, I was like a, basically a new father at the time and everything, mm. and uh, you know, but I was like, no, I gotta allocate this money to George Romero because I'm getting, the, and it was Anchor Bay that put it out, who are just so, so they were such a phenomenal company, and I, I really do miss them as a company. That sucks. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of sort of movies like that where i've just been like yeah this is maybe my grocery money for the week but uh yeah <laughs> spending it um yeah it was funny because i think the last time i'm like i really like overstretched buying a movie was probably the uh friday the 13th blu-ray because i uh i didn't realize the conversion rate on it so i went to go buy it and it came up to like 300 dollars canadian was like, holy oh. jesus I was like, but i was committing to it i was like you know what now going for it well if anybody was going to it was going to be you kurt a hundred percent right right was i gonna let that hundred dollars stop me from me from bot set no a hundred percent i was getting that so um all right got a couple emails uh first from harjeet who says how do you feel about the 2004 remake 
I like it. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it's got a lot of stuff going for it. Like, yeah, it's using the original idea, uh, but it's ch switching it to fast zombies. This was the first time we saw fast zombies. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Snyder is a, such a divisive person for me that I don't. I'm not a huge fan of all of, obviously, of all of his work. Um, but this one really works. I also think the script from James Gunn is what makes it work as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's just a lot to like about it. Uh, it does. It's not playing around with commenta a commentary on a social level at all. That's that's something that's quite different with it. Uh, I think it's more enjoyable on just uh, being a horror level. There's nothing really deeper to it than that. No. No. Uh, I've actually funny enough seen the 2004 remake. So maybe I had to. <laughs> the listener's frustration with me. Not only have I not seen this one, but I actually had seen the remake. I, I, I like the remake. Having never been, never before being capable of comparing it to this film, I was like, oh, this is just a great zombie movie. Um, but mm -hmm. watching it, I was like, yeah, this is this, this movie. Like, just all around really well done. Done. Um, I agree in terms of I like the combination of James Gunn and, and Zack Snyder and partly mm -hmm. hopes one day maybe they'll pair up again. You know, they're both working on DC films. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe we could get them working on a DC movie together. That'd be pretty great. So, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I like both movies. I think they sort of do different things, though, because I could see where this film is kind of critiquing consumerism, whereas the 2004 remake is critiquing more so zombie movies in general. Yeah. So I, I think they're doing different things, but they both work relatively well for, well for what they do. So. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, the next just, uh, most from Brit says, I like the scene in the newsroom really shows the decay of society. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree. You know, it, it shows that uh, society's on its way out. You know, zombies are mm -hmm. in. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It, uh, okay. Well, well, which really brings it back, uh, and it's my probably one of my favorite lines in the movie, where he's like, "Why are these people here?" And they're like, "Well, it's the only thing they know yeah. is to come to the mall and consume." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I mean. I look at I look at fucking Black Friday sales and shit like that. Like we do that shit without being zombies. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we we will trample each other and get each other sick. Even yeah. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Oh exactly. Yeah, and even the pandemic and everything. Like like this is just like there's just such a there's no regard. No. For any for anything on a human level. And again, it's Romero again being totally ahead of the curve. A hundred percent, yeah. Okay. Uh, best line in this movie. Movie. Do you have a favorite? When the dead, uh, when he hell is full, the dead will rock the earth. Ooh, that's a good one. I really like that line. I, you know, the the act, the 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 lead cast in this one is, is so effective. But uh, I mean, Ken Faree is just so fucking great in this movie. I really dig him. I love that it, it's like a, a pretty solid trope of, of Romero between his two zombie films at this point to have a strong black character. Mm -hmm. 
that is strong that is stronger beyond just being black mm -hmm. that he is actually has substance to a human level and i really dig peter in this movie uh because everyone else is kind of tragic and and except for francine who is kind of the the um damsel in distress that has grit to her as well yeah so but yeah i really enjoyed the principal cast on this one yeah i mean the four leads are all fantastic um i don't know why but i always like the line from the guy the cop i think his name's wooly or something like that which is how the hell do, how come these uh they stick these low-life bastards in big-ass hotels anyway shit man they got it better than i got i i i, <laughs> I found that funny <laughs> yeah and again that kind of that that's that's the systemic you know what what we're fighting what what we're fighting against now yeah one thing I but will, commonplace I don't, have you ever seen the movie fritz the cat yes okay i thought that the um this is going back to martin for some reason i don't know why i'm going back to martin but i thought the lead actor in martin was the same person who was fritz the cat oh <laughs> uh... i had that in my notes for dawn of the dead but i realized it was about the previous week's movie but yeah for some reason i was like wait is fritz the cat and martin the same person i realized it wasn't but sounded similar <laughs> the back she was just like yeah let's just use him uh first the cat was voiced by skip hinant yeah but they sounded so similar to Martin. To Martin. They do. They I, do. I, yeah. I, I for a minute I was like, I was like, wait, Fritz the Cat and Martin. It's got to be the same person. Not a horror <laughs> movie, but I would definitely recommend no. Fritz the Cat as like a late night stoner movie. Like after you've smoked a couple of joints, just throw that movie on. It's, it's and and do the follow up too. Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat is so fucking great. It gets like, like slammed, but I actually like it equally as much as the, the original i love bakshi i'm such a ralph bakshi fan and we already brought up uh, heavy metal and everything like bakshi was a fucking god and like i i'm so like one of the biggest disappointments when it comes to bakshi is he was never able to finish that lord of the rings no phil on oh man that would have been so fucking cool because i really dug what he already did mm-hmm but yeah, yeah, like that kind of like animation style is kind of on its way out, and even like that adult mm -hmm. kind of animation, like you got Sausage Party, which I think was trying to like get back to that, but it wasn't quite the same. Like no, and as much as I love Sausage Party, and I do love that movie, it is completely unrecommendable. Um, just because of a lot of stuff that it does in it, it's like really hard to like hitch your your horse to that one. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still will. I'll still do that for Bakshi's work day in, day out. I will. It's like, uh, it's also, it reminds me of like Don Hertzfeld as well, who I also just have an undying love for. Yeah. So, yeah, not horror movies, but go check out Ralph Bakshi's stuff. It's very underrated. Um, mm -hmm. And he did stuff outside of um, Fritz the Cat and Lord of the Rings and all that. That was pretty good too. Like, Wizards is also quite good. Uh, Wizards is awesome. Yeah. Such a cool movie. There's heavy, no, not heavy metal. There was the, like, Fire and Ice. Yep, uh, which was the Frank Frazetta. Yeah. It was a Frank Frazetta adaptation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool shit. Now i try to see if I can find a Ralph Bakshi horror movie just to cover this podcast. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think he ever did horror, but... Uh. Um, all right. Uh, 
Uh, best performance in this movie? Ken Furry. Yeah. Uh, I think I already kind of alluded to that, but I, I, I love his performance in this movie. Yeah. I mean, Peter, uh, he's arguably the lead of your movie, like out of the four. So, um, and he does such a great job. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Best kill in the movie. Um, I do like when the zombie steps up, up and hits the helicopter blades and then just falls over. Yeah. Uh, I would also, uh, I also really, I really enjoy when the biker gang gets taken down by the horde of zombies and the guy that gets ripped out of the blood pressure machine. Oh yeah. That one's great too. Yeah. There's a lot of good kills in this. I mean, there's some really great ones. I mean, the 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 exploding head in the beginning in the tenement oh, is yeah. so fucking effective. Still, like just the just the the low boom and it just like obviously like a watermelon, yeah, exploding. But oh man, Savini just nails that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Dumbest decision to be. Um, I would say the 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 for me the close because it, it ultimately leads to his death. Uh, is the scene with um with uh um Stephen trying to escape or he's he's trying to create the decoy. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I the scene leads to him getting trapped in the elevator. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I, like, maybe it was a suicide mission. Mm. Like, maybe he knew that he, like, cause he is shocked when he gets bitten, obviously. Yeah. But maybe that's just reactionary to fuck you. You're getting fucking bitten. (laughs) Yeah. I will say this. uh, I did think it was really dumb when, um, um, Peter uh, basically goes out and like, you know, she's going away in the helicopter and he decides to stay behind and then she changes his mind and then goes out. And I'm like, what was the point of that? Like, just, yeah, that's actually kind of dumb. That is kind of, yeah, I think that's just an underwritten scene. And that just, that just, I mean, mostly it's just kind of like maybe undersight. Uh, But yeah, I can totally agree with that because it does feel weirdly unnecessary. It, it feels like it's there to add stakes. stakes. Like, Rash, Rash, dude, would have just been like, "Yeah, I'm getting on the helicopter." Like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no hesitation, and what, we didn't really need hesitation to create more character because, arguably, Ken Free has a shitload of character by that point. Yeah, no, hundred percent. All right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I decided to give this a score. Score. What would you give this a score of? Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I would feel bad about myself as a, a Romero fan if I didn't give this a 10 out of 10, because this is, uh, this is history. This is, I mean, we don't, I don't, we don't have this podcast without this movie existing mm-hmm. and, and it is a special one. Uh, and it, it didn't pale in, in, in being that special to me. I could still feel, I could still feel its footprint it's fingerprints all over horror. And, um, yeah, for that reason, I, I got to still stick with the 10 out of 10. 
yeah, I, I'd give this a 10 out of 10 as well. I uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Again, having never seen this. Uh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, this is really good. Well done. Uh, it's not perfect, but I think no. its moments of brilliance overlaps the moments where I think this is maybe not great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. Uh, I, I, it's rough around the edges, but that is a large part of its charm. Uh, it's a, it's a, and I, I also believe that this is the first, this is the first time, uh, aside from pieces of Martin, just in story wise, where Romero is actually fully embracing cinema. Yeah. Because there's some epic shots in this movie. Uh, a lot of stuff with like, um, like even like Roger squared to the camera shooting into the camera. Yeah. Such a gorgeous shot. It really is. Um, there, there's just like, uh, I think, you know, and I obviously think, you know, Day of the Dead compared to, or sorry, Dawn of the Dead compared to like Martin has gotten much better treatment over time in terms of like Blu-ray and streaming and, and other stuff. Martin's mm-hmm. kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think that's kind of part of it too. It's like, I, yeah. I liked both, but uh, the image quality of this movie was so much better than the others. So, oh, for sure. So uh, that's the thing. I want Martin to get re-released because I think it would bring more attention to it than uh, the rest of people are. Uh, I agree. Giving so. All right, right. Um, cool. Well, some people find you on the internet. Internet. Yeah, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can find my website stevestebbing.ca. And if you want to hear me talk movies every week, I am on the Shift nationwide across Canada on uh, the Chorus Radio Network at 11 p.m. Pacific. Nice. Uh, and yeah, got some stuff I'm working on uh, that I hope to one day talk about. Oh my god, it feels like it's been a long time, but I'm just waiting for allowances at this point. It's tough when you're making podcasts to be sitting on some things that you're like, oh, I can't wait. And then, yeah, yeah, know. exactly. But uh, I have to wait. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll we'll have to get dates from you when you're able to release those. So oh, it's going to be great, cool. glorious! I tell you, nice. Uh, I'm over at threegrinners.com where we talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, I think. By the time this is out, we'll have talked about Fright Night on there, and we're also going to be talking about it on here in the next recording. So I'm getting a double dose of Fright Night, but that's that's okay. It's a great movie. So yes, um, yeah, I got some some stuff in the pipe there for that podcast too that I'm not really quite able to talk about yet, but in the future we might. So until next time, everyone. Bye for now.